PrepCon 2020, Marshall University's premier pop culture convention enters its sophomore year. March 14th, 2020. Come out and experience fandom, herb style, video games, comics, toys, cosplay, food vendors, and much more. At Marshall University, March 14th, 2020. Find us on Facebook or Google. PrepCon 2020 for more info. Welcome to Nerds of the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And this time it's the news. The news. The news. All right. And so for headline news, we've got a lot going on this week. And so we will try to be detailed, but also mindful of your time. Yes. Um, first, where they belong. Always and permanently, we've got the MCU, and we've got some new trailers that showed up at that big sports ball game. Yes, the sp- sports ball event, right? That was a big <laughs> one that everybody watched, right? Yeah, goal units were scored, uh, fun was had, um, things were sold during the one. timeouts. <laughs> <laughs> but we, but we nerds did get some interesting stuff there. Um, First off, for me, the one that kind of knocked my socks off was the WandaVision trailer. What did you guys think of WandaVision? Uh, Honestly, just wow. This thing looks bonkers. I mean, just just head to toe. You have homages to classic television programs. And and I spent so much time going, which one is that? That's Brady Bunch. That's the Brady Bunch stairs. You know, and trying to figure out where those fit. So, Dwayne, what did you think? Yeah, I loved it. It was just a barrage of imagery, just like you said. I mean, and like you, you referenced the uh, references to classic TV. You also had references to classic comic costumes. Yeah. Uh, which, which here, uh, with, with her, they've kind of strayed away from her kind of cheesy classic, you know, the, the, the witch costume, the red. Careful. I mean, it looked really sharp on screen, and... Uh, I'm not sure where they're going with this. Is this just in her madness? Is this, you know, these alternate realities? What are they playing at with her? Well, there's no mutants for her to wish away. So I'm not sure how they're going to play <laughs> her, her madness. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's probably something like that because, I mean, she's, I mean, I, I think this is set after Endgame. And so yeah. I don't think Vision's alive. Yeah, there have been allusions to this tying into the Doctor Strange sequel. Yes. Which, you know, of course is going to be after Endgame. So, you know, she's going to be kind of unhinged. And being as powerful a character as she has become and and is kind of known for, you know, I'm sure reality is going to be kind of bendy with her. I think so. Yeah, and she's kind of known as one of the Marvel characters that's not, doesn't have the best mental stability. Um, yeah. She's had more than one time where she's, you know, as my one of my brothers would say, the cheese fell off the cracker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, with the loss of her brother, Quicksilver, and then, you know, the loss of her love, Vision, the, the destruction of their uh, hometown 
Sokovia possibly was that their home, yeah. or at least their base yes. during that time. Yeah. Well, you know, you were talking about her costume, but if you notice, it's got a little tie on the cape. It, I think it's an homage to Bewitched. Oh. Yeah. I well, think well, it's hmm. Bewitched vibes from the trailers, you know, with, with yeah. the black and white as it was jumping back and forth from scene to scene. But yet, there was some really interesting things shown during those trailers, though, aside from this one division. Yeah, um, Dwayne, what did you think about the uh, the Falcon things? I mean, what did you? I mean, I, I, I've part of me. I just to launch off the Star Wars. I loved him throwing the shield and practicing with it because that's one. It's a little thing from the comic books. Sam Wilson always had a little bit of trouble with the shield, and seeing him with the throwing, it kind of made me feel like we're on safe territory here. Yeah, he never quite got it a hundred percent, you know, as, as well as Cap did. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, their dynamic, the Winter Soldier and Falcon's dynamic, was so fun in Civil War. Uh, it, it just kind of stole the show, you know, along with Black Panther. It kind of stole that movie, I thought, and really uh, to for them to expand upon that. And take them off in their buddy cop situation seems like it's going to just be phenomenal. Uh, Sammy, did you – because there's like a scene in that little clip of the trailer where he's like – he's at a sports ball game. Was he in his Captain America costume? Did I see that right? No. I really think that that was what we would call U.S. agent. But I've heard they're going to call him the Patriot or something like that in this. I think that's who it was. From what I've heard, Winters, yeah. not Winters, but um, U.S. Agent is supposed to be in this. Yeah, James, uh, James Walker? Yeah. Okay. yeah. He's definitely in this. And even um, um, Sam, uh, Anthony Mackie, has come out and said, I'm not Captain America. I'm mm-hmm. not taking the Captain America moniker in this. Yeah, I think this is, you know, playing off that time in the comics where Cap left and become the captain and had the black outfit. If you remember those comics, James, uh, Mark Grunwald and, you know, those writers at that point. Then remember they brought in Walker as as the new Captain America. And I Mm -hmm. think that's similar to what they're going to do here. You know, but we also saw that little bit of face off with Bucky and Zemo, didn't we? That's where I was going next. Are you all excited that Zemo's back? I am. So excited. So excited. And he's yeah. got the furry collar. So. <laughs> <laughs> I am happy they didn't bring the uh, purple face sock back, though. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. There's no way that looks good on the, in live action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm so glad for these shows to be happening. And I hope we get a lot more of them because with the movies, they kind of introduce a villain and then dispatch them relatively quickly, you know, and then. And then they, they kind of dispatch a lot of them in a way that, you know, it's not really left open to bring them back unless you go with yep. pure comic trope. This way, you know, you can have the recurring characters or the long, drawn-out confrontations that you had. And Zemo, uh, that actor and his, you know, playing of that character was so, so great. Well, you know, Dwayne, another way to do it is mess with time and that way, even like Loki is still alive, right? <laughs> so yeah. that was our other little snippet, wasn't it? Tom Hiddleston is Loki. Yeah, that did, looks so killer. Jamie, what's your thought? I kind of got the impression that's the only scene they filmed. Um, 
There's, that's like the furthest one out of the schedule. I don't know how they had any footage to air at all. <laughs> yeah, I would say that was maybe something that they put together just to be able to put in the package. Yeah. I really do. But yeah, I, I thought, so, did you all pay attention to his kind of prison looking jumpsuit? Did you notice the letters on the chest? I, I noticed it. I didn't figure out what it was, though. Yeah, I All noticed right. they were kind of glowy, but I didn't notice what they uh-huh. were. So it is TVA, which is the Time Variance Authority, which oh. was a group introduced way back in Thor uh, in Volume 1, Issue 372. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I remember reading that that issue. I had to double-check it uh, back when I saw that. <laughs> But uh, so you've got to wonder since this version of Loki is a time anomaly, because remember this is the Loki from Endgame that got the Tesseract and survived. So you know maybe you've got time cops coming in. <laughs> Could happen. Tying right. into Doctor Strange. Yeah, and it- I thought it was uh, really neat that they're taking on this uh, time situation because it was a discussion even in there. You know, like if we can't go around messing with time, like, well, it splits. You know, you have your different time splits. You know, something's going to screw up at some point. So yeah, this is really great that uh, they're bringing Loki back and Tom Hiddleston. I mean, he just captured our hearts with that oh, character. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's just even that little snippet was just such a reminder how good he is in this role. Jamie, I think you had said in a Keep It at 100, you didn't realize how quickly he had established this character. But just with that snippet, you get to see how good he is at this. Yeah. And it, and it kind of feels like um, you ever had like an old pair of shoes that you just fit and they just fit perfectly. And like you get like you buy a new pair of shoes, you just keep it on the old pair of shoes because they fit better. Yeah. They fit comfortably. It kind of feels like Loki is Tom Hiddleston's old pair of shoes. It just fits so perfectly for him. He just slides into it so effortlessly. Yeah, I got, I got a pair of chucks like that. <laughs> They're my favorite chucks. So. But speaking of bad guys in the MCU, um, we've kind of been teased at who's going to be the bad guy in Captain Marvel 2. So, Dwayne, what's your theory? What do you think is happening here? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, True Blood's been off this uh, air for a number of years. Uh, Anna, Anna Paquin needs some work. So, you know, her agent got a hold of Disney and said, you know, hey, you know, you guys are, uh, you know, bringing in the Fox, you're bringing in the X-Men, you're bringing all this stuff around. You know, got this great character, Rogue. Is there a place we could fit her in? And they're like, well, Captain Marvel may be filming pretty soon. So what do you guys think? I I think that they need to be careful with this. Um, Mm -hmm. That's my two cents. Um, I don't know that this is the best way to bring mutants into the MCU to be a villain in a sequel to a movie that maybe wasn't as beloved as some of the other movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just, I mean, and do you want to go with, I mean, rogue as your first mutant in the MCU? Um, I love rogue. I mean, the the X-Men, that's my favorite corner of the Marvel universe. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I mean, is this how you want to start? I mean, I just, I'm curious about that. What do you think, Sam? You know, and, and for for me, this goes back to the books themselves, though. Yeah. You know, the relationship between um, between Carol and and Rogue goes all the way back to Rogue's first appearance in Avengers Annual Ten. You know, that's where Rogue got some of her superpowers, if you remember, from absorbing powers from Captain Marvel. 
So, uh, or Ms. Marvel at that time, I guess. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just one of those things that it could be interesting, but I do agree with you, Jamie, that they're going to have to be careful if this is the route they go. Well, so I mean, uh, Dwayne, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. I was just going to say, no, the mutants were always kind of on the fringe. Um, to me, they always seem like, and, you know, what a great way to introduce them as, you know, kind of bad guys. And it could be a new thing happening with people since the, uh, you know, what, what were they calling it? The uh, the anomaly, the event, you know, uh, from, from Endgame, from Infinity War. Uh, could be like a residual from there that's affecting uh, the human DNA and human bodies in a way. Okay. You, could be you a neat just, explanation. Yeah. You all just gave me an idea. What if, because they, they don't have an Avengers movie on the a schedule right now. Right. What if the next Avengers movie is supposed to be Avengers versus X-Men? Um, Cause that was a big, that was a big summer event several years back. Oh, yeah. and, may, would that be? and so, and so maybe rogue isn't the bad guy. She's just an antagonist and they're yeah. setting up you know, the X-Men as antagonists to the Avengers from the very start leading up. So, and that's how they do the next big Avengers movie. That would yeah. not be nice. That would work out. That, that would be a uh, fan dream. Obviously, yeah. so as long works. as John Romita Jr. doesn't draw it, we'll be fine. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when staying in the mouse's house, um, we've got some Mandalorian news. Uh, yes. Dwayne, what, do you, what do you think about the Mandalorian? Well, oh, the runaway, the runaway series. Phenomenal uh, characters introduced in this. Most notably, the beloved child, Baby Yoda. I don't know who the child is. I don't know who Baby Yoda yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> the, the child, the asset, Baby Yoda. Um, what he is is dollar signs uh, to uh, Mickey Mouse's eyes. That's right. But yeah. So the Mandalorian has been renewed. We knew it; it was renewed, but now we actually have a release date of October 2020. Yes. So this very year, in just a few short months, we will be having another dose of the Mandalorian. And if you think about this, we were talking about the, the uh, Disney plus MCU, you know, right now it's looking like Falcon and winter soldier for August, 2020 one division for November, 2020. And so that puts uh, Mandalorian October, 2020. So Disney plus is making sure they've got a big bang in there for something, you know, for most of those months. So I don't know what they're planning for September. I've not heard anything on that. Um, you know, but what do we think? What do we want to see in Mandalorian season two? What were some things maybe that wasn't in season one that you wished would have came up or where do you hope they go in this universe now? Mm. Well, I know I was the cranky one. Um, <laughs> I was a little, I was a little disappointed with season one. Um, I liked the show. Um, I feel like I was sold a different bill of goods with those initial like footage and trailer things we were shown. Um, I, I would like a slight shift in. I know it's just me, and they're not going to do this. I'd like a slight shift in tone, um, a slightly more serious. Um, and I, I think I'd like Favreau to direct more of the episodes because I felt like they were pretty uneven. Like some of them mm -hmm. are really good, yeah. um, some of them maybe not as well directed. Um, so I think I'd like Favreau like, more hands on, not just show running. Do I, you know, as a big Star Wars guy, you know. Would you like to start to see some more connections to maybe Force Awakens 
as we start getting getting into Mandalorian, or what do you think? Well, even at this, the Force Awakens is still thirty years out in right. the timeline. So, I mean, I don't think we're going to get any of that. I love though that they're tying back uh, to Rebels. I love that they're tying back to the Clone Wars with the dark saber with these characters, uh, you know, and uh, Cara Dune being a shock trooper going around and cleaning up the galaxy, and, you know, after these some of these uh, big battles. Um, I don't think we're going to get a lot of sequel love in this, uh, just because I think a lot of people, now that the sequels are over, now that we've had the rise of Skywalker, I think a lot of people's view of the sequels were, did we really need these? Was the story left, you know, this unfinished from Return of the Jedi? And I think a lot of people are looking at that more cynically now that we're wrapped, that we've wrapped them up. So I think we're going to get a lot more nods back to the original trilogy a lot more nods even to the uh, you know the the prequel era maybe not the prequel movies but the prequel era with these characters and I do agree with Jamie you know there were some episodes that were kind of up and down and you know there was a couple that just really didn't do it for me there was a few that I I loved to death but this felt the most like Star Wars to me since 1983 you know what I want to see guys I want to see more lumpy I want Lumpy to show up. <laughs> well, um, speaking of Stranger Things, um, <laughs> we, we, we had a teaser for that this week. Yes. Yeah, we did. Why did you bring up Lumpy? <laughs> I can't help it, gentlemen. I can't help it. Uh, so Stranger Things season four. Hopper lives. Anybody shocked? <laughs> no, but it makes me wonder about some things. Uh-huh. Okay, so who was in that Russian prison was supposed to be kind of a mystery, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, and then that's the first thing you do with your, tre- your like teaser for season four. It makes me wonder if the viewings were way down for season three. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to create some buzz and some excitement. I don't know. I thought it was Hopper from the moment I seen that. Russian prison. I said Hopper. That's Hopper in there. Yeah. So uh, he's just such a such a killer character has taken that show. So I thought they left left themselves some wiggle room because I don't. I think that we were supposed to wonder if maybe that was Billy and that Billy had somehow survived and was being held there and they were experimenting on him. I think they were giving Hopper some room in case Hellboy took off and he didn't (laughs) want to come back for season four. They had him out. (laughs) <laughs> and clearly, uh, yeah, it didn't. So Hopper's so, back. So Hopper's in that sale. Yeah, Hopper's in there. Uh, this was, I mean, such a great reveal, uh, such a great build-up. And I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, David Harbor has slimmed down oh, yeah. quite a bit since his Black Widow filming. <laughs> You've got so, so, fat. <laughs> so I still want him to get get in his his. Uh, his cop uniform and go, Oh, still fits. <laughs> it's just water weight. <laughs> but you know, from everything I've heard, this will be the final season for stranger things. So yeah. That makes I've me wonder things. too, because it right. was supposed to be five seasons. Exactly. And they announced that it's just four now. This is the final season. So it, makes, it really makes me wonder how low were the viewings for season three? And well, was I mean, it just you do have, you do have these kids getting older, 
you do have, you know, uh, Finn Wolford is really taking off in some of these creepy movies yeah. he's been doing. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown, I'm sure, is not uh, lacking for work or attention there. Um, you know, and, and David Harbour has really, you know, is, his role in Hellboy, you know, was by all accounts wonderful. But, uh, you know, he, his turn in uh, Black Widow looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. All right, guys. Got a crazy theory for you. Uh oh. Okay. So, um, we're going to get to this later. So, Star Wars movies aren't being made at the moment. They've uh, ran off the people from Game of Thrones. That Ryan Johnson trilogy is never happening. What if the Duffer brothers are going to take over Star Wars? And so they're hurrying Stranger Things along so that they can make Stranger Wars in the future. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say if Disney's um, track record runs true, they will hire them for about a year and a half and then fire them for someone else. <laughs> So, uh, you know, well, maybe they're going the, uh, the Marvel route, grabbing people from TV or from, you know, smaller movies that they can boss around and have undue influence over. And so, there you go. well, let's talk about let's talk about that here in the next little bit. But another tease that happened that was really, really exciting. Um, I was kind of confused by the by the logo at first. I didn't know if we were looking at the Mothman <laughs> or if we were looking at Batman. The Batman, remember? So <laughs> the articles, that article's there. The Batman. So uh, what's the significance of that? Because they're insisting on that. Why yeah. is that? Uh, you know, uh, based on what I know, you know, originally in Batman's first appearance, he was referred to as the Batman. Uh, so that goes all the way back to Detective Twenty Seven. Uh, as far as I know, there's only one animated series that has been called the Batman. Everything else is either just Batman or Batman the Animated Series, that kind of thing. But this will be the only one, uh, movie-wise, that, that has had that article attached. And I don't know why specifically um, Reeves is, is insisting upon that. But, um, you know, but as far as that, that logo, uh, the suit and all, it's, it's kind of interesting. And I, and I don't mean that facetiously. I do think it is kind of interesting. Well, I bounced it off of a few people um, here this week after it came out, and I said, you know, what do you think about this? And especially with, with Robert Pattinson playing this, and, and I know it's kind of been maligned uh, in some circles, and the folks I spoke to were really excited to have him to be Batman. And mm -hmm. I thought, that's that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, not diminishing his acting abilities. I know, I mean, you give me enough money, I won't be in the Twilight movies, too. <laughs> But, you know, uh, I, I really think this is going to be a lot better than, than we think, especially with the supporting cast that I'm seeing with Paul Dano as the Riddler, who I'm so excited about. Colin Farrell as Penguin. Uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Well, and Matt Reeves directing. I mean, yeah. I, I know that they, I mean, are not aren't like, I mean, didn't get as many, like, box office sales is like a Star Wars movie or whatever, but the, his two Planet Apes movies were really good. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've, I've, I'm really hopeful that Matt Reeves brings the same kind of, you know, feel and touch they brought to those movies to this one. But uh, you're talking about that, the teaser video we saw. You know what? It's got one thing going for it. There wasn't a nipple anywhere in sight. That's right. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's at the, at the best, it can't be the worst 
Batman costume we've seen. It's true. You know, did I almost got you know where they gave us that really quick look in at the chest, and then they worked up to the cowl. I got a real almost medieval type feel, like some armor, some leather. The mask almost looks like punched leather. It, it feels yeah. like a very like, proto bat suit. It uh, seems a lot more. Yeah, it seems a lot more flexible, a lot more segmented than the uh, than the Christian Bell bat suit. And I've even heard uh, rumor that this is going to be kind of the blue and gray hmm. uh, colors. Now it'll probably be a more darker gray and a more darker, you know, subdued blue. Uh, but you know, I know the the tease we saw was kind of bathed in red light, which made it all look black. Yeah. Now, is there? A, I mean, I'm a Batman fan, but not in the same you know, stratosphere of Sammy. Um, there are probably few that are. Um, but uh, is there a costume, is there like a period in his history where he's wearing a costume that looks kind of armory like that? I couldn't recall any. Not particularly. I, uh, you know, there's some of the Elseworld stories that you see that type of look. Uh, the cowl looks very much, very similar to what I would think in Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, if you've ever seen the, the either the animated version or, or read the, the book itself, uh, it has that kind of look to it. Uh, if you notice, it has a kind of a unique jawline. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the mouth, you know, kind of the chin line is back farther back than what we're used to. It's yeah, usually very interesting. Closer. Yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see, and, and I think Pattinson has that strong chin, you know, very similar. You always say Val Kilmer had, had like a good lower face to play Batman, but I didn't buy him as Bruce Wayne. Well, <laughs> maybe, with a, uh, maybe with a different jawline in the costume. He won't have to talk like this. That's right. <laughs> he might you know, speak more of an audible voice that we could understand. <laughs> No, but I, I kind of liked it. I mean, I, I, I'm wondering if they're going, because I heard rumors this was a long Halloween-based yes. storyline. I'm wondering if they're going with a little bit of a, you know, Batman Year One type feel to it. Mm -hmm. This is sort of, like, like you mentioned, like a prototype. Yeah. Um, and so he hasn't figured out how to make a smooth-looking but tough armor, like, you know, suit yet. So it looks yeah. like armor. He's just padding himself out, you know, and right. maybe the cow's a little rough-looking because it's his first go at it. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm wondering if there's maybe a little something else going on there, too. Well, one of the comments I saw, um, someone had mentioned that they felt very Favreau Daredevil about the costume. Ooh. You know, with Ooh. that leathery kind of look. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah could, so, I could see that. That makes sense. I hadn't thought of that. That makes sense. Yeah. So you got that leather, so. leather armory looking thing. Yeah. So yeah, and like mm -hmm. if I remember right from because they tinkered a little bit after Daredevil season one, but when he first wears it at the end of season one, it kind of has that breastplate shoulder armor kind of thing going on too. But maybe not to the same extent, but it kind of had that vibe to it too. There. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Very, Very nice. nice. Well, guys, I think it's a little time to speed things up here with our roundtable rewind. <laughs> And as always, beginning with MCU, and we have some animation cancellation. Um, Foggy's flexing. They put him in charge of everything, and it shows. <laughs> Canceling stuff left and right. Emperor Palpatine Foggy. <laughs> power, more power! But he Meet is... the new boss, same as the old boss. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's flexing a little hard, though. He's canceling stuff that hasn't been into production yet. So I trim know the fat, I was maybe trim the fat. Yeah, I was excited about Howard the Duck being a show. Um, I think they cast that and then fired everybody. Um, it's already canceled. I was baffled by the existence of a show that was going to be Tigra and Dazzler. It's not going to be a thing. That's so it's sad. canceled. Um, everything that was appearing on like Disney XD, is that what that was called? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that that's all dead uh, or not renewed. I'm not sure how they're classifying that. Um, the Offenders I was excited about. Not happening. <laughs> uh, does anyone care? I think that's the question. <laughs> Yeah, Apparently I would not. Like to, I would like to see some new animation stuff, especially you know with the streaming service happening so prominently here with Disney. But um, I really think they're focusing on the live action with uh, with that. As far, I think they're depending upon their back catalog as far as the animation goes, and really not focusing on the animation so much uh, and letting the live action carry the streaming service forward. We well, you know XD had been the home of. All of these series, I mean, from the Avengers to Spider-Man, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Even Star Wars Resistance, from, yeah. Yeah, and they'd went from full episodes to the short format. Uh, and, you know, a lot of um, a lot of companies have went to more shorts. Uh, so these little 10 to 15 minute kind of snippet types of episodes. So I don't know if, if maybe they're just trying to, like Dwayne said, kind of trim off some of this excess stuff till the next movie comes out and then maybe a little bit more corporate synergy, that kind of thing. So Howard the Duck may not fit, you know, as much as I would love to see Dazzler, maybe doesn't fit, you know, with, with what they're, yeah, I, I love Dazzler. I can't help it. I love Disco Dazzler. I love Disco Dazzler. So, but yeah. But, uh, disco, Disco Duck. I've almost bought that figure. I don't know how many times at Walmart. So just because it's Disco Dazzler. So, but yeah, uh, but maybe it just doesn't fit. <laughs> well, that's my least favorite X Men. Um, <laughs> but uh, but we are still getting Modok, so they're not just allergic to Goofy. I mean, they didn't cancel Howard <laughs> because he's Goofy. They're still making right. Modok, and what if is still happening? Um, I think they're just consolidating. Um, because they can't, like, everything that wasn't produced Marvel Studios got canceled. Like, they already got rid of Cloak and Dagger. Runaways didn't get brought back for another season. I mean, a lot of stuff has already fallen by the wayside, except Agents of Shield. Apparently, they're blackmailing people into existence. I'm not sure how that's still <laughs> happening. But, um, yeah. Well, but, I think what they're looking at in this is quality over quantity. I mean, I would rather have four shows that are really good than. 12 shows that are just so-so, which I think has been the problem with Star Wars here lately. And that and brings us to Star Wars being on a hiatus. According to Bob Iger, he uh, re- restates adamantly Star Wars movies are on a hiatus. Now, he did go forward to speak about them developing uh, you know, the Kenobi series. Uh, the Cassian and K2 series. Uh, he states is a prequel to Rogue One. Uh, but as far as movies goes, they're on a hiatus. Now, here's what a lot of people, I think, are, are jumping the gun at. Even though these movies are on a hiatus, I still think you're going to have people developing script and story. 
I still think you want to have these people developing. Okay, let's take this to this large over, you know, let's play in this universe for a while. And these are the stories we could tell. Sam, what's a direction you would like to see that, that this happened? Or what do you think that, that this statement means? You know, it, for me, this is kind of that idea that, you know, we've talked about how polarizing the sequels have been. And I think that, you know, this, I think Disney wants to take a little bit of time to make sure they get it right. And for me personally, I agree with you. I think people are going to be pitching left and right. And Disney's going to have a choice to go, okay, we like that. That sounds like a direction we want to go. Now, I've said before, I would love for them to go Knights of the Old Republic. Mm. I would love to see classic Jedi, a lot more Sith, you know, those types of situations. Um, but maybe is it is it the best thing, I wonder? You know, will Disney Plus be enough to satisfy Star Wars fandom for a little bit? Um, I think that they should wait until people are clamoring for it. Um, and, and until we're as excited for the next Star Wars movie as we all were for the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's five years or a decade or, or ever how long it has to take, but when we're that hungry for Star Wars again, that's when we need Star Wars again. Yeah. Well, you know, and you look at Lucas's, uh, you know, past schedule essentially with Star Wars, you had, you know, nine, 10 years encompassing a, a trilogy almost you know three years between each movie all of this production went into he was teasing it years ahead of time you know with disney they're like okay here's a movie every year guys all right and and i think we've just really lost it but you know with with the uh, amount of people streaming nowadays uh, even the ability to watch it on your phones tablets or you know project it on a big screen in home you know, these streaming services can really take these franchises to a whole different level. I, I mean, I, I agree, but I, I still I still think I and mean, we've, we've, we've talked about this before. Star Trek is based on TV and Star Wars are based in movies. And I, I still I still want to go to a theater, buy my huge bucket of popcorn <laughs> and see lightsabers and spaceships. On the big screen, I still—I mean, as I, maybe Yoda's great. I am so thrilled for K two and Cassian. I still want to see Star Wars on the big screen. You know, th there is nothing like sitting there when the music starts and the opening crawl does its thing. There, there is nothing that matches that. Mm -hmm. You know, in terms of Star Wars fandom, I mean, just to see Star Wars, the John Williams theme kicks in and have the opening crawl. You know, that is still so unique to these, you know, to this universe, at least the, the saga films. So, But I, we've, I mean, this is nothing we've joked about in the past, too. Is, I mean, I, I'm on board with Knights of the Old Republic, but I think I'd like to go back even further. Like, so we've had the rise of, Sky, of Skywalker. Let's have, like, the rise of the Force. And they're like the full-on first Jedi, you know, in Cascianu. Yeah, I'm Jedi ready. Prime. Yeah. Jedi so Prime, prequel. yeah. So a prequel, prequel? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a prequel, prequel, prequel. Well, the prequel is the prequel. <laughs> well, you know, what they don't need to do is reboot. Good segue. And we are being threatened with a reboot at the moment. Um, we covered Firefly six months ago, something like that now. Yeah, a long time ago. Summer. Yeah, and uh, we all loved it. We were thrilled about it. Um, it's great. Um and Amazing. now we're being threatened that 
that they're going to reboot the whole thing. Oh. Is that what anybody wants? As long as they reboot the whole thing with the original cast and film it just like they <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That sounds good to me. I don't want a reboot. I want a revival. Come on. <laughs> well, a couple of them are real busy. I mean, yeah. Nathan Fillion's never been out of work. I mean... Well, but this is the thing. I mean, right now, especially with streaming, we have, what, eight to 12 episodes. He could work in eight episodes. Come on. He could pencil that in somewhere. <laughs> okay, so if we chase Alan Tudyk somewhere and film him. I mean, come uh, on. I saw Serenity. I don't think we need Alan Tudyk. <laughs> as sad as that is, I think he can go make Resident Evil on sci-fi. He's okay. <laughs> Not Resident Evil, Resident Alien. Uh, all right. No, so what do what what do we want? Do we want full on? I mean, if okay, let's, make, let's make let's make us executive producers. What do we want? Full on reboot. Uh, re- revival's apparently off the table. We're going to recast and mm. and do a second season with new actors playing the same roles. Uh, or relaunch, maybe bring back some characters, a few. I mean, what, what would you guys like to see happen? Now, I will tell you a show that I absolutely adored, Dead Like Me. You know, the two seasons on Showtime, then they then it was canceled. Fans clamored around. Well, they made a movie. Well, same situation. Some of the actors were busy. Some of them, you know, so they recast, refinagled around uh, with the storyline, and it was the most horrible revival movie i'd ever seen in my life i do not want a recasting of this no. um, potentially the greatest thing would be if we could have a continuation of the story with the surviving characters you know what happens on this world miranda you know as it continues forward now that they know what caused the reavers uh, you know bringing down the uh, alliance you know okay Sammy, what you got, man? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think a reboot would definitely not go over well. You know, this series is so beloved by everyone, and and you know, as our listeners know, when we reviewed Firefly, this was that was my first time watching all of it, and I just fell automatically in love with the characters, with the universe itself. So I think anything short of bringing back at least some of the cast. I just think is a would be a misstep. You've got to bring back at least some of that original cast to make this work. That, and that's that's my that's my wish as sort of a soft reboot, um, where we bring back a couple of legacy characters. Maybe uh, River has to save Jane, and they're like the two legacy characters because they had that weird tension all along because Jane yeah. was trying to sail her back to the alliance. And she uh, cut him, and she... <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and so, uh, so maybe like we have that sort of like the center of the show, and then we gather a new crew around them, mm-hmm. um, and so we still have that history between those two characters, um, or, or maybe it's Kaylee and Simon running a new ship. Maybe they've, they've, they're the captains of the stranding now, something, and bring back a couple of legacy characters, and then yeah. maybe fill out a new cast around them. I think that we as Firefly fans would buy that a lot easier than a full-on reboot. Mm-hmm. And definitely better than a recast. You know, and it's one of those things. I mean, for Star Trek, that can work. Look at how many times we've they've redone Star Trek, you know, whether it be TNG or Discovery or Picard now. You know, 
and, and, but they always bring back somebody. There's always that little through line if it's Worf or if it's Seven of Nine or whoever that they, they feed back in. And I think if they do that with Firefly, it will be much, much more accepted. Yeah, that could work. That could work. Well, speaking of recasting of maybe classic characters, uh, what's this I see about Dr. Ruth? Yeah, <laughs> 80s uh, sex ed uh, TV show host uh, being a sci-fi thing. No, no, no. That, that was misreading the notes. That was Doctor Who, the Ruth Doctor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so um, you know they they always throw this one to me. So but so you know Doctor Who is one of these ever changing histories, and we know just how much fandom loves when you mess with a historical continuum of their shows, right? So showrunner Chris Chibnall has threw a grenade in the middle of fandom, and he has introduced a completely new version of the Doctor who no one knows where she fits. So it's a new female Doctor, um, and we don't know if she is pre-William Hartnell's first Doctor. Is this, you know, are they going to make the... William Hartnell, a new regeneration cycle. Is this going to fit somewhere between uh, Doctor Two and Three? Because we never saw the second Doctor regenerate. Uh, we just don't know. And this new Doctor has no memory of past Doctors. Jody has no memory of her. So this mm. is a weird twist. And Doctor Who fans, like like most fandoms, don't like when you mess with the history of the show. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Uh, we've only got three more episodes before this season 12 is finished. So we'll uh, have to see if it comes back up. So with them having no memory of each other, then we can definitely rule out the possibility of them being the Quisset Cetarac. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, allude to prescience. Let's move to our Trelawney time segment. Dad, what time is it? It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. It's time to make a prediction. Baby, don't you whine. It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. Uh, guys, I'm gonna go ahead and go. I'll talk, I'll see y'all later. Well, Jamie, you need to stick around for this. You really need to stick around for this. Yeah, man, Last seriously. Trelawney time. It's been a few episodes ago. We uh, were speaking of the birds of prey and the emancipation of one Harley Quinn, which now we've realized has been retitled Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Yeah, live, die, repeat, part two. That's right. <laughs> With Ewan McGregor and Margot Robbie. <laughs> um, well, guys, this movie only made $33 million. Now, I'm, now, I'm saying only $33 million, but this movie made $33 million opening weekend. Now, they were expecting a lot more. So I was really concerned about this Rotten Tomatoes score. Jamie, your forecast was for a 68. Sammy, you were 63 like the Corvette. I was 57 like the Chevy. Mm -hmm. 
This thing is 79% on Rotten yep. Tomatoes. So that's... Jamie being the closest off by 11 points. <laughs> I don't and care I how close saw, I just saw Jamie's head grow three sizes. <laughs> Jamie's like hand grenades and horseshoes. Almost counts. <laughs> just saw Jamie's head grow three sizes. I'm on a roll. That feels roll like Dr. Shoes. Congratulations. Head grew your three sizes that day. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, we're going with that. So coming up, we have a very classic novel being translated into a movie. Looks quite interesting, I think. Harrison Ford in Jack London's Call of the Wild. Guys, what are we thinking? Okay, I'll, I'll go first. I'll do my victory lap. Um, uh, when I was a kid, Caldwell was one of my favorite books. Um, loved it, read it over and over again. Read the cover off of you know my copy of it. Um, I think it looks pretty good. Uh, I don't like the CGI. I think Buck looks weird. Yeah, the dog yeah. looks kind of weird. Um, yeah. Hopefully they clean that up. Yeah. I, hopefully it's early still in the CGI process and it gets better. Because it looks like they took one cartoon character and threw it in the movie. <laughs> it kind of looks hard to look at. Um, and so I'm a little nervous in that regard. And, you know, when Harrison Ford's not interested, everybody can tell. Um, so I'm, I'm a little waffling a little bit. So I'm going to go 65. I think it's got, looks like it's got some heart to it. But if, you know, those are the only scenes that Harrison Ford looks fully awake. And that's the best CGI we've got. We've got a problem. So, yeah. okay. okay, Sam, what say you? All right, um, you know I agree about the CGI and that from the trailers. That was one of the first things I thought that um, Buck definitely didn't look exactly like he fit. You know, as far as on the screen, uh, but I think story alone, Harrison Ford's a name attached to it. Um, I'm thinking seventy six percent. So I'm going to go a little higher there. Okay. Dwayne? Well, you know, I think Harrison Ford really looks like he's doing a lot more than just casting a check for this movie. We know he's finally put Han Solo to bed. And we know that there's a potential of reawakening of Indiana Jones in the future. Next so I think I think Harrison's quite excited about this. I think he's working in some chops. And, you know, this is a beloved story. The CGI does look kind of rough. But I'm hoping this thing, and, and I know this is my own wants and desires here, I'm going with an 82. So I'm going to be the uh, optimist in the room okay. with 82%. So with that, Trelawney time wrapping up, Jamie, what are we going to do to our next episode? We're going to keep it nerdy. Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers Fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics. <laughs>